Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. I'm Margaret Michael. And uh, today we're joined by a good friend of ours, Sally Fulton. Sally, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It is so good to have you with us. This is exciting. Thank you. Um, We always want to hear what Sally has to say. Yes. Because Sally is a lady that's full of wisdom and spoken into my life many times over the years and is really like family. So welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Privilege and pleasure to be here. And I know I always leave encouraged after conversations with Sally, uplifted. And so today she's joined us. Um, We're going to talk about the goodness of the Lord and his faithfulness in our lives and uh, what he means to us. Sally, just start wherever you want, uh, your earliest memories of the Lord, or just, you know, how he's been good to you or how he's continuing to be good to you. just wherever you would like to start with that. All right. I remember knowing the Lord from a very early age, and I remember memorizing Psalm 46 when I was old enough to be able to read the Bible. Things I was feeling lonely at that time, and just knowing that God was my refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble, was the greatest comfort to me, and that was my first experience. And so I knew the the Lord at a, from a very early age. But as I grew older, I departed from Him mm-hmm. to a degree and made some bad choices in my life along the way. And um, fortunately. God always keeps his promises, Mm -hmm. and one of those is in Psalm 139 that says, uh, wherever you flee, he will find you, Mm -hmm. Uh, even if you settle at the farthest limits of the earth, which is where I went uh, as far as I could go, which was the outback of Australia and New Zealand and and he blocked my way home for many, many years. Well, it felt like many years. It actually was months. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was brought to my knees. I couldn't go on anymore, and, uh, and, and I surrendered to him. And then things started to turn around. But I think, Grayson, it's because I was so desperate for inner peace that Jesus was became so important to me. Mm-hmm. Just inner peace. Uh, uh, I did not have a, a strong sense of well-being. And so I was tended to anxiety and uh, fear and uh, feeling just not up to doing what I needed to do mm-hmm. many times in my life. And, and he rescued me from that, this... Uh, just over and over again, the more I started trusting him, and even recently I've been trusting him with my schedule, mm-hmm. and I find 
that my whole life is different mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I, in the morning, before I even start my day, I turn my schedule over to Jesus, mm-hmm. and He is taking this schedule and changing it every single day, and I don't even hardly recognize it. But it is so much better than my life ever was before. And I have so much more peace. And I have so much less anxiety and uh, feeling that I can't manage it. Because we, of we, control. we tend to feel like we're in control. Yes. We're really not. No. But we, we spend all of our energy and passion trying to control something we're not in control of. And it's like opening our hands and releasing that. That's powerful. I think there's probably a few people listening that that's speaking to right now. Speaking to me. (laughs) Um, I want to say you mentioned being in that place where you brought to your knees. And isn't it amazing that in the worst of times, in the deepest pain, um, God can be the sweetest. And I said just yesterday, we can either be bitter or we can be better. It's dependent upon our surrender, right? If we're willing to believe that he is sovereign, believe that he loves us, um, life can be so much better in an instant. Yes. When we finally. So you did that. You surrendered um, in that moment. And, well, you made it back because here you are. (laughs) (laughs) And that was a few years ago. So on that journey, what does it look like? Just talk to us about who is Jesus to you? Who is that? He is my very best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I will put that up front. He is my very best friend, and he is he is totally trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know of anyone else who is totally reliable. We're, yeah, we're all human, right? We're yeah. all human. We're all, but he is, you know, he promised he would never leave us or forsake us. Those are his words. Yeah. And he sticks to that. His word is true. He can't go no. against himself. No, right. He cannot. can't go against his own word. No, right. He never, ever <laughs> right. breaks a promise. Right. Yeah. So he's totally dependable. And yeah. that's really important to me. Yeah. Um, I know that he will never abandon me. Yeah. And I know that he is just and right. good. I mean, that's right. what is spoken in Psalm 145. Right. Mm-hmm. He is just and he is yeah. good. Yeah. And you know what that means? He will never mistreat me. That's right. Yeah. And he will always do what's best for me. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that is really important. Right. Yeah. Does it mean that nothing's ever went wrong in your life since you accepted? No. That since you surrendered that day? No, it doesn't. It, On the contrary? What, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it does mean that he is always with me. Right. He right. is right. always a presence in my life. Right. How did that change? You talk about you weren't at the best place with your own self-worth. Worth. How did that change when you realized? Like, that had to be a huge aha moment for you, that Jesus is who he says he is, and I'm actually, my worth is found in him, right? Mm-hmm. Like It changed over a long period of time. I would not want anyone to think that it was quick. Right. It was a long period of time. And the way it's probably one of the ways it started was I decided I would find out how trustworthy Jesus was. So I got this box and a bunch of index cards, and I turned little small things over to him, 
And on each index card, I would write one thing. I would turn over. So I would, as I turned one thing over to him, I'd write it on the index card and put it in the box. Mm. And then the next time I turned something over to him, I did the same thing. And so I had this little collection of index cards in this box. And then after about three months or so, I went and I dated every one. I went back over it over those index cards, and I saw that the solutions were so unique and unusual that I didn't have anything to do with them. I mean, that God did, you know, that Jesus was behind all of this. And then I started turning over bigger things and writing them on the index cards. (laughs) And I did that until I had a a stack of cards, maybe a inch and a half thick right you know and i gave more things over to him and more things over to him and i watched what he did with them and that was how i learned to trust him and move forward in my relationship with him because i had a very hard time trusting anyone yeah and that included jesus Right. And that's a great picture of surrender. You know, what God can do when we surrender our all to Him and give control to situations. We don't know how He'll intervene in them. We don't know how He'll resolve them, but we know that we can trust Him, like you said, and that He never leaves us. And, you know, one of His promises, you were talking about His promises, one of His promises is to never leave us or forsake us. So we know because of that promise, we know we're never alone. Talk about the importance of that. Oh, gosh, that is so important. Never alone. I eat my meals with him. And um, it is just so true. He, you can feel his presence. Uh, and, uh, I, and that's a huge, huge thing because there isn't a person walking on this earth who does not feel lonely at times. I don't care who they are. And to know that you always have someone with you. Um, And for those people who are single, um, I think, and for those who are married, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you can be married and be as lonely as a person who might be single at times. So, and you can be in crowds of people and be so lonely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to know that he's there and he's many times when I go to bed, I hear people talking about having so much trouble sleeping. And that's a time when we often are alone, you know, with our thoughts and alone in many ways, not just not having a person there, but thinking about the day, thinking. Mm-hmm. I just picture Jesus holding me in his arms. And that's how I go to sleep every almost every night, that he is just holding me. And I try before I go to bed to turn over everything to Jesus that day. I, you know, I, I just turn it over to him and say, okay, God, I, I can't do any more now. And thank you for helping me through the day. Now, um, I just ask you to give me peace tonight. And this is part of the peace. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. It's part of the peace that surpasses understanding. And I used to have so much trouble sleeping, but I don't anymore since I started doing this. And I pray this for other people that they can feel Jesus just holding them mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. 
Well, Sally, as you were talking about that, I was thinking of something that uh, James Sproul, an evangelist that used to come here year after year, um, shared. I don't know if he shared this with Dad, and Dad shared this with me, or how it was, but it was like telling the Lord at night when you go to sleep, Lord, just kind of giving him control of your mind, like, Lord, I'm going to be asleep, just control my thoughts, you know, help my thoughts to be pleasing to you, just control those and give that to him, and that it leads to better sleep, you know, and just yes. giving it over to him. That's a great idea. I hadn't thought of saying it that way, but that's wonderful. Over the last few years with the pandemic, it's been, you know, I know that your world was small, and I can only imagine how as you have journeyed through your life and you have this relationship with Jesus, how much more precious that was for you during the pandemic when there were a lot of uh, relationships, you didn't go a lot of places. Um, you have ministry to people that have health challenges, and so you had to be very careful. Um, so I can only imagine what Jesus, how he got you through that. And, you know, you shared with me one time, it's been years ago, uh, that you will sit in a chair and you will put an empty chair across from you mm-hmm. as the place for Jesus, mm-hmm. as that representation of. I mean, you're serious about this. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't something that you kind of practice or half-hearted about your relationship with Jesus. You, your life depends on mm-hmm. on Jesus being who He says He is. Yeah, it really does. Uh, Jesus is everything to me. Yeah. He is my everything, mm-hmm. and I do. My life depends on Jesus. He has not only saved my life physically. He saved me uh, spiritually, eternally, mm-hmm. uh, and he saves me every day from myself. Yeah. And yeah. so one of my, uh, probably one of my greatest wants in life is to know Jesus better. Yeah. And it is something that drives me every single day to know Jesus better. And during the pandemic, it was a great gift in the sense that I had so much time to study and meditate on the words of Jesus and to think about, because I want to know God. Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said himself, I and the Father are one. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to know about my Heavenly Father, the only way I can know it is to look at Jesus Jesus shows me, yes, he is the word, as John says, he is the word made flesh. And so I study the attributes of Jesus a lot. He is my example for living. And I do that, you know, by studying the word of God, meditating uh, on scripture. I remind myself frequently and others too that studying the Old Testament also teaches you a lot about Jesus mm-hmm. because there are so many prophecies in the Old Testament saying that the Messiah would be coming. Mm-hmm. And so we learn a lot there in the Old Testament, and then we actually read the words of Jesus in the New and what Paul and others said about him, other people who actually walked with him said. And so we we can learn so much about him. And then I think another way that I draw closer is by prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do 
I actually pray in several ways. I kneel. Uh, for me, that's important. I'm, some people can't do that, and I understand that. But for me, that's really important. And also, there are times I have a prayer rug, and I actually pray face down before God. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just need to be reminded that that's my position before a holy God. Mm-hmm. And um, I also sometimes just sit in a chair and pray. But the other thing that in addition to praying uh, to Jesus, uh, I also try very hard to listen to Jesus. And I think that it's so important. I, to, I remind myself, listen eagerly, you know, listen attentively, listen expectantly, listen trustingly. And if you're going to listen, then obey what you hear. And often I do always keep an index card and a pen where I am praying because I cannot tell you the number of times that I have had things come to my mind and I write them down. And I take that very seriously Mm -hmm. when I am listening. Mm -hmm. Listening is huge. And another thing that's really important is to be with other believers. Uh, to where you can have conversations about Jesus, whether it's in a life group or friends or church, uh, wherever. You know, I I remember one day I was in a conundrum. I had a situation, and I wasn't sure how to deal with it. And so what do you do when you have that? You either ask Jesus or you ask Sally. And so (laughs) I didn't go straight to Jesus, but the Lord brought you to my mind, and I asked you know, I called you. I, I'm a verbal processor, and so it's easier for me to talk through something with someone I trust. And so I would called you, and I'm not putting you and Jesus on the same level. No. So don't, I know, you, uh, but there is something where as believers, yes, we need to go to Jesus, but he has given us other believers yes. to, we're here to walk with one another yes. and to remind each other of what the, the right steps when we are in conundrums and uh, so I had called you one day, and I I shared what I was dealing with, and you said very plainly to me, well, "What did Jesus say to do? you? Remember that? You might not vaguely, but and I don't remember that I said that. No, and so you pointed me straight to His Word, and you know, so often in our flesh and our humanity, we think we know how to deal with. And so we take things in our own hands, that control thing. Well, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'll act. This is what. And that day, there wasn't going to be a conversation about what I was going to do. But it's, you led me straight to, what does Jesus say to do? And honestly, it was in Matthew 18. Um, He tells us very clearly as believers how to handle things. And I remember, (laughs) this is being really transparent, and this is not about me, but I just remember that day, you leading me there and, okay, well, you take this step, you go to that person, you take this step, you go to the leadership. And the last thing on that list is treat them as a pagan or unbeliever. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And I got off the phone and the Lord was using you so greatly in my life that day to bring truth and to help me to work through things in the way that Jesus said to work through them. And I remember getting off the phone, and all of a sudden, God just revealed to me what Jesus did when someone was a pagan or a tax collector. He went to dinner with them. I will never forget that, and you helped me to work that out. And because of that, 
I was able to work through a difficult situation in the way that Jesus told us to work through it. And I have a feeling that I'm not the only one that didn't. And I try to think about that now in my conversations and in ministry, that he gives us the tools necessary for whatever is coming at us, whatever the situation. And you taught me that that day. It comes to me. He's used it over and over in my life of what does his word say to do about this situation? It, again, takes us out of the place of having to figure out what to do and just do what he says. Yes. You know, one time, that reminds me, one time I had a property issue, and I just, it was a controversial situation with another individual, and um, I didn't know what to do. I, I prayed, I prayed to Jesus, please help me out. I don't know what to do, and I knew that I was on the verge of doing something that might not be the best, have the best approach. <laughs> and I read in the Bible how uh, Abraham, was it Abraham and Lot, mm-hmm. uh, how they had a property issue. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And how Abraham, being the senior person, could have made the first choice, but he did not gave the first choice to Lot, and he took what was left. And um, I had to uh, reverse myself and, uh, and follow. And, of course, following the way Jesus does it, it eventually worked out. It took months and months, but it did work out. Yeah. And the story with Abraham and Lot is God blessed Abraham in the land that he was left. Right. Mm-hmm. He blessed him, even though he got what appeared to be the lesser. Yeah. It's a different economy, the kingdom of God. Entirely different. It's upside down most of the time, which is another important point that when we are closely working with Jesus, we need to look for his answers uh in unusual places. We cannot go around thinking, uh, it's like I prayed for children, you know, wanted children uh, so much in my life. And it took me years to realize that Jesus had answered that prayer. It's just that they were other people's children. Mm-hmm. Right. And that I have all of these children. They're all over the country now and actually in other countries. And uh, I feel, you know, and they, write me and call me and and um, I adore them but I wasn't looking for that kind of answer and that that was an education to me uh, a personal education yeah he doesn't waste a hurt Um, he uses our pain and he opens our eyes to things that we wouldn't necessarily see Mm -hmm. like that Um, you know he grows us through those experiences I know a lot of times, Pastor Margaret will ask people if they've shared about a hurt or something, and like, you know, would you want to be the person that you were before that happened, as opposed to the person that God's made you after that, whatever that situation might be, that trial that we go through, that hurt that we have. We were pretty selfish before our pain and before our hurt, right? Like, yes. And I love the scripture. That talks about um, that God can restore what the locusts have eaten. Um, He can make beauty from ashes um, in our lives. 
it's just such a comfort, isn't it? I just look back, um, the result, you know, of loss. I mean, I, you know, I lost my sister a long time ago. Yeah, she was only 54 of a very rare uh, disease from a very rare condition. And uh, I was only 50 at the time and uh, thought we would grow old together. But that loss has enabled me to, and the loss of many other people in my life since then, uh, enabled me to be at a place uh, with others to meet people where they are uh, in unexpected tragedies and hurts and or just sufferings. And I praise God for that. I really do. I praise him for it. And some of the, he turned some of these bad choices of mine I uh, into, uh, he's enabled me to work with young people more, uh, understanding where they might be at the moment and being able to um, meet them in those places and help them to hopefully get to a better place. So he promised that. I mean, he said that this was one of the things that we would come out of with suffering, didn't he? Yes. That we would be able to comfort others. And don't you love that about Jesus? Because he walked on this earth. We know that he knows what it feels like to be betrayed, to suffer horribly, to have friends just walk away from us, to be sad. He knows this himself. And, you know, when he took on our sins on the cross, what he did, he had to be separated from his heavenly father because that was a holy God and he couldn't be in the presence of sin so that we would never have to be separated from our heavenly father. You know, I look at that as the great exchange. He took our sins on him. And we, in turn, receive his righteousness. Right. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal yeah. for us. Yeah. It's a pretty good yeah. deal for yeah. us. Yeah. 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 Sally, it's been great to have you today. And it's encouraged my heart to hear you share. And uh, just brought up different thoughts in my mind about how faithful and how good he's been to me. And uh Just uh, any other thoughts that you would like to share on the Lord today, uh, maybe that you haven't shared already or we haven't asked you already? I don't know where else you can find love like that. I don't have another friend who's died for me. And in the end, that is really important to have. I find that when you feel loved like Jesus loves and when you have someone who died for you, and you have that kind of love in your life, it changes you. It changes your life. It changes how you interact with every single person around you because that love comes out of you. You can't stop that kind of love. You cannot stop it. It is so big. Right. Yeah. I believe as believers, because of that great love, that sacrificial love that he has for us, it should compel us to live our lives for him. Yes. That's absolutely, Grayson, well said. That compelling love um, to love others, Mm -hmm. that we are his representatives. And in these days where people have given Christianity a black eye, 
um, there's one thing that that can make a difference in this world, and that is the love of Christ through yes. us. Yes. yes, He uses us to be His love and His mercy yes. and His grace, yes. and it's yes. so important that we realize that He'll give us everything we need. We don't right. have to worry about what that looks like. Right. He meets us at our point right. of need. He's not going to give it to us ahead of time, yeah. but if we walk by faith, believing that He is who He says He is, He will prove himself trustworthy um, to his people. And I believe that in making space for divine appointment and making space space first to be with the Lord and making space in our lives, once we're filled, another thing that you've taught me along in my walk is we want to be able to spend time with him, but there's something that happens that we are filled with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and we live differently out of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, we, um, we realize yeah. that we've been bought with a price. Mm-hmm. We are not our own. Mm-hmm. This isn't about me having my way in this world. Right. This is about Jesus having his way through right. me and you and Grayson and, right. and everyone yes. who calls themselves. Yes, yes that is, yes. is so true, Pastor Margaret, yeah. so true. And one of the things as believers, it compels us to live our life for him, but also to share the hope and the good news in him with others. Yes. Yeah. Well, Sally, thank you for joining us uh, today. It's been great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. It's just been a treat to be here. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I pray that as you've heard us talk with Sally today about the goodness and faithfulness of the Lord, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates in the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX. 